Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Spits and Suds. Happy Monday. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. Joining me, NHL guru from Shap Shots, EP, Ringside, D Magazine, our very own Sean Shapiro. How was your weekend, my friend? It was good. It was good. It was, uh, it actually set up, it's a really good hockey weekend, right? Between, I, I love this time of year. Playoffs are always going to be playoffs. It's, you never beat the playoffs, but I, I love this kind of stretch run where we get some daytime games on the Saturday yeah. and Sunday that kind of means something. And even, even with like, uh, obviously I know Detroit is kind of in the free fall and isn't really going to be in the playoffs, but you're still watching meaningful games where Boston's going after this record to go from that. And then just kind of, I, I love the springtime when you start to get full days of games throughout and, uh, just oh, just good reminder to me too of like, I think the NHL and I know it's a little bit of a losing battle to do in the fall on with 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 college and NFL football, but just always a good reminder that I think it's weekends are great when you've got at least one game starting around that lunchtime, so you can kind of just like get the full day of hockey going, and that's what it felt like all weekend. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So we're gonna talk stars and the exciting win. Uh, in just a second, I am going to nitpick one thing. So, yesterday the Wings picked up a very nice victory over the Bruins. Mm-hmm. And we all know the Bruins are the best team in hockey. So, I'm watching the scroll on ESPN, and I see Red Wings beat the Bruins. And then it listed about three or four Bruins stats. And then the Red Wings stats came on. <laughs> and it's a, I know it's a nitpicking thing, yeah. but to me, and I wanted to see your thoughts, I think the winning team, no matter what the record, should get first accolades as far as who scored. I, I think that's 100% fair. Um, if if you're doing the screen, if you're talking scroll and recap, and yes. you do it one of two ways. You either do it uh, winning, winning, uh, winning team first or you do a chronological order where it's like hey this guy scored for Boston this guy scored for just the chronological order just it doesn't matter uh, team wise just but if you're going to do one team then the other you do the uh, you do the winning team first yeah yeah especially when Dylan Larkin scores right mm-hmm. yeah yeah so that was just a little uh, nitpicking so stars with an exciting victory over the Kraken and mayhem at the end Absolute mm-hmm. madness, and uh, I give a lot of credit to this team because I think if I got the puck, I would immediately shoot. Um, calmer heads prevailed. Uh, they had the right people on the ice. The mighty Joe Pavelski with the one-timer uh, to tie it up, and then Miro Heishkinen, uh with a wonderful goal in overtime after really not having puck possession in that OOT. Uh, coming off a wonderful pass from Max Domi and picking up a uh, a great two points on the road against a team that's fighting for a playoff position that played you really well, uh, just a just a solid overall effort. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, it's the theme of that game was if you wanted to break that game down as far as. Um, to me, the theme was being willingness to make the extra pass when you needed it to. Obviously, in the chaos at the end that led to Pavelski tying goal with about, I think, like 70, 75 seconds left in the game. Earlier in the game, the uh, Hintz's goal all the way back in the second period was one that came off of 
just making that second pass amidst chaos to get it all done. And then, um, I mean, I don't know if it will win because obviously, and, and there's not like a formal goal of the year category, and normally they go to like individual efforts where you get wowed by McDavid, like dancing through six guys and stuff like that. But between the the pass from Domi and the clean connection from Heishkinen, that's one of the prettiest goals you'll ever see. Like that was a beauty in overtime. Just, I mean, between, just between the pass and the connection and everything. And I mean, we've, we talked about it early on. We've talked about it early. We touched on it. I mean, Max Domi fits with this team. He does. You should, you should probably look into, uh, look into those. If you're Jim Nill, you're probably thinking, okay, how do we extend Max Domi? So he's around for another, at least, at least another year or so, because he definitely fits with this team. I like what he brings and good, good win for Dallas against a team in the playoff picture. And on top of that, good adversity fighting victory too. coming off. I know you, I know you score. It's it's easy to forget. They scored 10 goals against Buffalo. So it's, it's easy to forget. Like they scored, yeah. they did score 10 goals, yeah. but it's easy to forget that it's not an easy flight from Buffalo to Seattle. Yeah. It's they lost Tyler Sagan too, for which, from what I've heard, does not look like it's going to be a short-term loss. Yes, they lost Tyler Sagan on Thursday night. So, as much as it's easy to think, oh, you just rolled off a ten-goal game in Buffalo, a lot of adversity going into the Seattle game, where you you met it, you 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 met it, you won, and. What a great setup where you do play Seattle again tonight, super late night. Everyone brew your brew your coffee. Yep. But what a great kind of playoff setup where I'm sure Pete DeBoer and staff are looking at this where it's like, okay, we can use this to prep some of the younger guys who haven't been there before. The Delandrias, the the Wyatt Johnstons, some of those guys about like, hey, this is what it's like to play a team twice in a row like this, playoff style. Like it's gonna be it's a it's a great mid not midseason, sorry quarter pole if, if we're using the proper horse racing term uh spot of the season to really to really capitalize and learn as a team yeah you know one of the things i did tweet after the game because it's not showing up on that beautiful ot goal was just as pretty as the goal in pass evgeny the donoff creating the crack and turnover in ot was beautiful hockey because i love max i'm with you i love max yeah. domi but he tried to take on the whole Kraken team when the Stars finally got puck possession and lost mm-hmm. it, and the Kraken were going the other way, and a nice check by Dodonov separated the puck, and he got it to Domi. Domi did it the rest. So it's not going to show up as far as like in the highlights or anything like that, but to me, that was an amazing play by the Russian as well. Yeah, Dodonov seems to me like one where it's going to be a space where like if the stars do something special on this run and in the playoffs, he just feels like one of those guys who is going to score one of those, one of those it goals, right? Like you don't know exactly what it'll be. Yeah. It'll, it could be something in the second round. Could be just one of those it moments will come from him. You just feel like based off kind of how he's kind of come in and fit and everything like that. Well, um, he, so he's going to have a, he won't have the longest, uh, imprint on the Dallas Stars franchise, but I think he's going to have an impactful one. Yeah, I still, it's so interesting watching him because I'm like, why can't he stick with a team? You know, it's just, it's a fascination yeah. for me because I mean, I'm I'm watching him and even bef- 
you know, when the trade happened, I went back to the highlights and I'm watching him in Montreal and then I'm watching him in Florida and I'm trying to watch and I'm like, you know, it just seems weird that he just continues to go from team to team. And I, I, I do think there is something to, he kind of got stuck. I, I do, and I would be interested to ask a GM this. I do think he may have gotten caught in the cap, cap slash COVID crunch of things. Like he, he, he spent from, he was with Florida for a while, right? He spent a bunch of time with Florida, um, went to back to Russia, came back to Florida. Spent, and then coming out of 2020, I do wonder if he was kind of the player who was like, you're making a little bit, if the cap had continued to stay up, if the cap hadn't been impacted by what COVID did, I wonder if he probably finds a way to make it work in Florida. And he probably isn't bouncing around all these places. So I do wonder, it's a good good thought and a good question to ask a GM at some point is, is he the type of guy who, that middle of the lineup guy who GMs had to make choices on where they were going to move on because the cap didn't go up as expected if he was one of those guys. I, I, it's, it's a really good thought exercise. And one I'm probably going to, next time I get a chance, someone who may have an idea or next time I'm in a press box talking to a, someone who's, who makes these types of decisions, I may pick their brain in that direction. Cool. That would be great. Love to hear it. So with this winning, you know, certain things are masks, uh, masked, should I say. And and one of those aspects, me personally, and I think everyone listening knows how big of a Ottinger guy I am, mm-hmm. following his career from Boston University on. And um, But I'd like to see like a, you know, I'm not saying he's been terrible, but, you know, he hasn't been the Jake Ottinger that we're kind of, spoiled this year with yeah i mean his past five games have been good but i mean the you look at the he's obviously four and one in his past five um but other than the colorado game where i thought he was pretty good he's been just he's been he's been good enough but he hasn't been that difference maker where you're like that's that's a guy who should be getting vesna trophy votes um and I do think there's something and it's, I, I do think we are in a spot where remember Jake Ottinger is 24 years old. This is his first full year as, as a number one, because even though he finished the year as the number one last year, everyone got, you have to remember he spent the, uh, he spent most of the season. He started the season in Texas, right? And this season it was his 50th game the other day played 48 last year. It's like, it's a lot of hockey. And I, I think we're starting to see a little bit of that spot where he's still learning and figuring out how do you maintain that success when you're playing 50 to 60 games? It's mm-hmm. easy. Not easy is the wrong word, but it's, it's much, it, it is simply put easier when he played, he didn't play 10 games in Texas. So he played a total of, uh 65 games last year between Dallas and Texas 48 in the regular season seven playoff games and I've always been a big believer that the um and this goes into goalie management I, I I'm a big believer that 65 the 65 games is about the best your best version you're going to get of your goalie which is why I think it's important the stars probably get Matt Murray playing here soon um because I think, and, and the key is splitting those starts up where you still have enough of that best version of a goalie for the playoffs. And I think Ottinger's kind of in that spot where he's learning how do you be the guy in today's NHL 
and how do you play yourself and how do you find the success and be in the same conversation as the Hellebucks and the Vasileskis of the world? Because the difference between Ottinger and the Hellebucks and the Vasileskis, frankly, is that they can do this for 60, 60 games a year and they can do it for 60 regular season games and then a playoff run. And so I think Ottinger is mm-hmm. learning that. Um, take nothing away, like, for example, take nothing away from from what Linus Olmark has done with Boston, but he's played 10 less games than Ottinger. Yeah. What he's been doing in Boston is it's from a health and energy wise, they have a pure 1A, 1B system where Olmark gets more of the starts, but it's still a 1A, 1B system. Um, Ottinger is just, he wants to be a number one in today's NHL when most teams don't have a number one anymore. And I think he's going to have to kind of, we're at that spot where we're going to find out if he can be that number one. Can he push through that? Can he be like a Hellebuck? Can he be like, um, and I'll say Hellebuck because I think Hellebuck's the more fair comparison because I think that Vasilevsky is going to go down as, and already is one of the best goalies in NHL history, so it's not fair sometimes. So so this tonight is the second of three meetings, and mm-hmm. on March 21st, not too far away, we'll see the Kraken once again. So it's you know it's kind of interesting this yeah. time they come to the uh, AAC. Did want to ask you about Dave Hackstall because, you know, was it just the Flyers just have struggled to get any kind of like organized and they've just been bad for a while? Because, you know, one thing I did notice, and I think Razor mentioned it on the broadcast as well, is how organized this team was as far as their defensive assignments and everything. You know, I mean, we did come off the Buffalo 10 goal performance, so that was kind of loosey goosey that game. But I just felt as though, you know, Seattle's. I can see why Seattle's in playoff contention. They're just a well-structured team. I I was surprised when Haxtell got the Seattle job. Just I'll be honest, I was too. To, the job, it, to me, it was an underwhelming hire. And um, now we're seeing more. And now he was a guy who, like, he's a good coach, right? Like he had what he didn't. He he's. I think what he's done in Seattle, and it'll be interesting to see how the success of this goes long-term, and this will be a fascinating thing to watch when it comes to the Kraken. Um, Seattle plays very much like a college hockey team, which obviously fits with someone who, Paxtel was the coach at North Dakota from, uh, I believe it was uh, 2004 to 2015, I think it was. He was So he was a college coach first, and College hockey, as much as I love college hockey, college hockey is not necessarily a sexy game. It's the, it's, it's much more of a structure, 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 wait for the mistake by the opponent. And that's very much how Seattle plays. And um, you look at this Kraken team where it's more of a sum of their parts than having one go-to guy. Obviously, Matt Beneers is great, but it's, it's so much more of a sum of their parts team. and it's and they don't have they don't have a captain it's very it, it still feels very much like a brand new team mm-hmm. um i'm i'm hoping that it continues it, it's it will be interesting to see what this looks like in year three and four and five and stuff like that but basically you watch the crack and play and you can see all of the fingerprints where it's like hey these are the lessons that hack still took from his north dakota coaching career when he went to philly and maybe Philly just wasn't ready for that. And this is, it fits better with a new franchise. It fits better with a team 
where there are there is no hierarchy and he was able to kind of develop it from within from the beginning it's it's certainly an interesting dynamic and hopefully uh for him just because obviously we've seen with with the other expansion team in the nhl most recently with vegas like hopefully he gets a chance to continue to build on that because obviously vegas has just had no issue just (laughs) rolling through coaches as thing when things don't go well even though things have gone very well so um definitely i I hope that all made sense yeah no it did it did you're right yeah 2004 is when he started at North Dakota State. Okay. Yeah. 2004 to 15, then went to the Flyers, then was an assistant with Toronto and mm-hmm. also an assistant on uh, Team Canada. So mm-hmm. I actually thought Dave Tippett was a candidate for that job just because he was working behind the scenes, kind of getting the organization yeah. uh, going. Uh, all mm-hmm. right, so the question is, hasn't been announced yet, who are we going to see in uh, net? And uh, I think we will see Matt Murray's return in one of these games. And you and I um, have an interesting angle why we think Matt Murray will play tomorrow night against Vancouver. Yeah, I mean, there's the natural setup, right, where you go starter. And we've seen some teams actually mess around with this where they go – where they go starter in game two when in theory you're going to need starter in game two more. But um, I think we see Ottinger tonight playoff mode still playoff style game and then i think we see murray tomorrow night within the second game of the back-to-back and you talk about um it would be interesting i would be very interested to see if murray gets two games this week because just from the perspective of we saw that pete DeBoer is willing to play on the emotional ties of things and we saw him play scott wedgwood in toronto obviously because of wedgwood's toronto ties um, Matt Murray is from Alberta. And so I would wonder if there's a chance here for Murray to get tomorrow night against Vancouver. And then also the Saturday game against Calgary, just being close to home and everything mm-hmm. like that. I'm, I'm fascinated to see if that plays out just because, uh, especially with, especially if the starts win tonight, I think that opens up more options for Murray to maybe even get a second start this week. Yeah. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. I, uh, I agree. You know, it's interesting because I definitely want to see more games because as we've mentioned on this podcast and you highlighted, with that win in Chicago, it now makes you start to think about backup goaltender possibilities in the future because of salary cap implications, Um, you know, because every dollar counts. Uh, Not that Wedgwood's on the you know, on the hook for a lot as far as salary cap. But, you know, it it is interesting. So I would like to see some more uh, NHL play for him. Yeah, and it's also important, too, to understand what you have and to establish all of that because – and feel bad for Scott Wedgwood because you don't want injury to lose a guy an opportunity. But it's – you got – you need your backup goalie to be someone who is healthy. And so if Scott Wedgwood is dealing with this, it – you do you it does raise a fair question of is he durable enough for is he durable enough for the position because you need a reliable backup so yeah you're you're absolutely right all right my friend are you ready for some Sean Shapiro one timers let's do it let's okay. do it okay you tweeted out yesterday Daniel Briere power move doing a press <laughs> conference early in the morning sir the next gm of the Philadelphia Flyers your thoughts I think it will. I think they will have, I think they will remove the interim tag from Danny Briere. 
I think they will make him the GM. I don't know if it will work, but I have a feeling based off of how uh, I, I, it just it feels like it's one of those things where they're going to kind of give as long as he doesn't make any mistakes over the next six months or so, it feels like they'll take that interim tag away. Now we'll see. We'll definitely see what happens. Um, the Flyers are a team that probably that probably should. I think the best move for the Flyers would be to go to go outside of Philadelphia and get somebody who hasn't been part of that organization before, because I think that organization needs a complete kind of updating to the modern game. And maybe, but I think they're going to look at Briere as kind of the soft landing to that as a former flyer, but a quote unquote new school GM who doesn't have NHL executive experience. So I think it's Briere. I don't think that's the right decision, but I think it will be Briere. (laughs) All right. Stop the presses since March 3rd. Connor McDavid only has three goals. Bodog put out on Friday. I forgot to mention it on this program. The over-unders on regular season goals for Connor McDavid, over 71.5 plus 350, under 71.5 minus 600. You taking the over or the under? I'm taking the under. Yeah. It's, I, I think it's set. If, if you had put the line at, because he's got like, he's got, he's got 55 50, right 50, now in 67 games. Like, if you had put the over at, if you had put the over-under at 70, I'm probably having a much hard like 71 and a half I'm, I'm not seeing 72 i mean that would be um like so i i i i'm think he flirts with 70 i i think he flirts with 70 but i don't think he's clear in 70 so i i think so i'm taking under 71 and a half if you had put the number at will he reach 70 that's a that's I, I'm I'm hemming and hawing a little bit. Where 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 are my bets going on that one then? 127 points. Do you think that still makes him the MVP? Uh, yeah, he's the MVP okay. this year. I mean, he's like he's he's the he's the MVP this year. Um, I, to me, there's there's a, there's a couple different like the MVP debate is is interesting. And this year, it is undoubtedly for me. It's undoubtedly McDavid. Um, I think that, but I do think we need to get to this, especially with an Edmonton team that is like fighting. I, I actually think the fact Edmonton is not running away with things actually helps his MVP case. Like if Edmonton had been like Boston esque, right. I'd be like, ah, you know what? It's, it's a really good team. Like I, the fact Edmonton is going to get into the playoffs in one of those wild card spots actually helps his MVP case to me. Um, I, I do think we need to keep in mind that the MVP and this year, the two are the same. The best player in the world is the MVP. I think we do need to keep in mind that there are two awards. There's a heart trophy for MVP and there is a uh, Ted Lindsay award for most outstanding player. And I think sometimes we forget that because, um, well, this year they are the same person in my mind in other years, they don't have to be. So that's just my uh, random soapbox to, to jump Love on it. that I like to remember sometimes. <laughs> Always jump on the soapbox on this program, Mr. Shapiro. We are a soapbox, non-cheerleader, official podcast. Okay. <laughs> so our, our friend who listens, um, thanks so much, uh, Chev Chelios, um, wanted to shout him out. So he was back in the trade situation. Um, you were very nice to reply to him, and I was replying to him as well, whether uh, Jacob Chikrin uh, was going to mm-hmm. come to the stars and everything like that. Well, within the last hour, 
we have a very pretty lady, clearly 98.9999% a bot, named Diana Mercer, who said, I see you're a hockey fan. Which team is your fave? So, she also (laughs) tweeted (laughs) another one responding to us both. Well, Dallas would be fine talking about if Dallas. So, given the percentages, Mr. Shapiro, should Chev or myself have fun and reply? I mean, 90, <laughs> 99.9, it's, it's a bot, so it's... Yeah, uh, let's have some fun, right? Yeah, I guess you should. I guess you should. It's, Which team it's, is your fave? It's it's Twitter. So <laughs> it's Twitter. <laughs> yep. It's a joyous one. It is a joyous one indeed. Okay. So we have cracking tonight. Late get late night game, as Sean mentioned. Get your coffee and uh, excited to uh, watch tonight. I, I personally love back-to-backs. I think they're kind of a lost art. We don't see them as much anymore. And the reason I like them is because you can see more chippiness as you similar to a playoff series, you know, you kind of become accustomed and, you know, there's some rollover. Uh, the other thing I like is coaching adjustments, you know, and see how both teams will come out. So I'm kind of fascinated uh, to see that. And then the stars are in Vancouver. So it'll be an interesting uh, couple of days, Mr. Shapiro. And we will talk to you later in the week. And thank you so much as always. Always fun, Gavin. Always fun. Always fun. I will give you the update on my budding romance. And that's going to do it for Spits and Suds today. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. He's Sean Shapiro of EP Ringside, Shap Shots, and D Magazine. And don't forget, follow, spread the word. There is a local DFW show right here in the Metroplex giving you stars, hockey, as well as NHL news. It's called Spits and Suds on The Fan. Have a great day, everyone.